What's up, everybody? We're back. We're back in the arena. Uh, with my co-host MD. We've got a special, another special guest here that we're super excited to uh, to talk to. Um, and just want, really wanted to say again, thank you to all you all for just the support, uh, for listening, any you know positive or constructive feedback. We we really appreciate it. It, it means the world. Uh, you know, it's kind of why we're doing this. So. Thank you all very much. Uh, without further ado, here I'm going to have I'm going to kick it over to MD. This is a dear friend of MD's. Let him introduce uh, Mike Solon here. So, why don't you go ahead, MD? Yeah, thanks. Um, echoing the thank you to the uh, the listeners again, our eyes and ears. Um, but yeah, our our special guest of the day here is uh, a beloved friend. Uh, his name is Mike Solon. So we share a name. I'll be MD. He's going to be Mike. Uh, normally we go by his last name here, but we'll, we'll use Mike for today. Um, and I think that the best way to introduce Mike is to uh, tell a story of how we became friends. I think it, uh, it, it in some ways explains who you are, but then also I think will lay a good foundation for where I hope this conversation goes. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I ever had the opportunity to really sit down with you and walk through this timeline, so I'm using this as a kind of a, a one-to-one opportunity. Sure, no, I think we both know like the general timeline, but like... There was like an inflection point somewhere, and I don't think I'm ever clear on on that. Right? I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll clarify where that inflection <laughs> point is because it's it's vivid for me. And you know, growing up, I knew you for many years before we became friends. And you know, middle school, elementary school, middle school, going into high school, you know, we talked about the food chain of status and popularity, right? And I was somewhere I, I called myself somewhere in the middle a couple conversations ago. And you were, you know, probably lower end, right? Uh, yeah, and, much, much lower. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> you were, you were really, you know, facing all that that downhill, you know, bullying, and you know, I, I definitely was associated with groups that, you know, I, I can hear the comments and, and whatnot. Anyway, longer story short, on that end, um, it you wasn't. Saying you bullied him. I don't think he, I bullied. He, he was a dick. No. <laughs> I I didn't bully Mike directly to my not like I don't think I did. But, you know, you're, you're associated with the groups and, you know, that's, I think, you hear it and, and you kind of know who not to hang around because then you're associated with them, right? And so for that reason alone, a very immature, rational reason, we never really hung out early on. It wasn't until high school when we had to go to a different district and there were only a handful of us that went to the high school where yeah. I had to really start from scratch. And I started to, again, climb up that popularity ladder, do my thing. Not once did it cross my mind to hang out with you or associate, right? Kind of same same uh, reasons. Um, but there was a lunch hour, I think, early sophomore year where I didn't know anybody in the caf, the cafeteria. And so I saw you, and you were a familiar face at that point. So I was like, all right, I'll sit with you, sat with you, sat with whoever you were hanging out with. Um, and I was like, hey, this dude's pretty funny, right? And I, I started to, like, you know, have some conversations with you. And it was almost like I had to keep it a secret from like the groups of like the other people in some ways. And that, that, that part like sucked. Sure. And anyway, it evolved to, um, you know, you were an October 94 baby. So you got the permit and the license before everybody right. else. Like you were older <laughs> in school. And so you had a car and we live in the same neighborhood. And anyway, we had progressed to a point where you had offered me a car ride home. Right. So check this out. This is this is the inflection point, Mike. Because we um, we I go to this car ride home, and this is like C lot parking lot. You know, this is after school. Everybody's outside. It's like in the spring at this point. And this dude has a Trans Am. It's like a 1970s sport car. It's the most obnoxious thing you've ever seen. It doesn't fit in a high school parking lot. It's got a, probably a V8 engine. Oh yeah, a lot of horsepower. It's the most obnoxious of car, right? And this is Mike driving this car. 
And we get in the car and I hop in the passenger seat and he's obviously in the driver's seat. And the first thing he does is just drop the windows all the way down. The second thing he does is rev the engine. Third thing is turns up the music all the way up. It was no hands. I forget who it's by. Oh, Waka yeah. Flocka. Yeah. Waka mm-hmm. Flocka, right? Yeah. DJ Tony, no yeah. Ladies, this no is jam, hands, right? No and this dude this. has it <laughs> max volume, max bass, pulls the car in reverse, right? And again, this is like end of school daylight. Everyone's outside seeing this. It's the loudest thing in the parking lot. And I remember looking out that window and being mortified. I was like, <laughs> everyone's looking at us. I've like tried to climb my way up this like fake popularity ladder. And I was like, it was the worst moment of embarrassment for me. <laughs> and then I looked to my left. Right? I stopped looking out the That's window right. at everybody else. Yeah. I look over to my left and Mike is kicked back. He's got a seat like reclined. This guy's backwards cap on these colorful, goofy Oakleys on. Stiff arm on the steering wheel, just took a swig of Mountain Dew and couldn't be happier and just floored it out of the parking lot. <laughs> floored it out of the parking lot. And it hit me in that moment. I was like, how am I sitting in this seat and you're sitting in that seat? We're in the same moment, the same environment. I'm having the worst time of my life and you're having like, you couldn't be happier in that moment, right? Yeah. Maybe a hyperbole, but like you get the point, no, the picture I'm painting yeah, here. I, I, I'd kill to do that. Uh, <laughs> and it hit me in that moment, I'll wrap up with this, is that it hit me in that moment, the simple difference was that I cared about what the people out there were thinking, and you couldn't give a shit. <laughs> and that was a simple difference, and it really hit me in that moment, I was like, if I'm going to live this thing called life, like I'm going to do it this way. Like He's doing it way better than I am, and I, I think that's why I decided, I was like, this is a dude I'm going to keep around. And... You know, I really think that that's who you are to me, but I do think that that is who you are to a lot of people in some ways, like your broad impact to people and what you can teach without even trying is to really let go and free yourself of who people th- of what people think, right? And so, you know, we'll start there. Like, that's who you are to me, but this is supposed to be your introduction, and I want you to give an opportunity to say maybe who you are. But- sure. Yeah, let, let me ask you something real quick and then yeah. give your introduction. We're super happy to have you on. Thank you for coming on. Um, was he right? Did you actually not care about what other people think? Or on the flip side, was he wrong in his mentality or what he thought perceived? Was it actually you trying to like impress? Um, a little bit of both. Let's put it, let's put it that way at that point. Right. Um, because at that point I was conditioned, you know, to not care. Right. If I cared, I would have been miserable. Right. Of what people thought of what people said at that point in my life, I, I would have been miserable. Right. Um, so it was, it was a lot of not caring. It was also a lot of, you know, a little bit of impress, you know, who doesn't want to fit in, who doesn't want to be a part of the group. Right. Um, so a little bit of that, but a lot of not really caring, you know, of what they thought as I got older, that that's become a lot more of my foundation of not really caring what people think. I want to be friends with people. I want people to like me. Don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to impress you. I'm not here to do any of that stuff. Right. I'm, I'm kind of just going through what I think the motions of life are and what is the most fulfilling to me and living that, you know, and trying to, you know, trying to do it true to what I want out of life and not let anyone else shift that because that's a big mistake a lot of people make in my opinion is that they, they let other people influence them to the point where they make decisions that they wouldn't normally make, right? And, you know, I mean, going back to the high school level, they, they call it peer pressure, right? Yeah. Um, but going up to, to, to today, you know, people still feel the same pressures. They see 
on, you know, whether it be social media or, you know, whatever, but they see other people doing things and they're like, I'm not doing that, right? And they feel this thing inside them of this competition to compare or to impress. And once you get caught up in that, you can go a direction that, you know, really isn't true to where you want to go in life and what you want to do. Um, I was lucky enough at a young age to know what I wanted out of life and super know what young. I wanted. To, super young, yeah, yeah, younger than anybody. Um, back then, a, a curse to a certain degree today, a blessing. You know, I look back at it and I go, I was the weird kid because I had that mindset of like what I wanted. I was like, you know, trying to, you know, develop businesses and talk more about business as like a 14, 15 year old. I mean, in, in middle school, I, I don't know if you remember. You this. were selling gum. I was selling gum, yeah. yeah. And so like I had like two kids that were working for me. Like they got paid like a buck a packet and I was going and getting them from Costco in like the big bulk packages for like 50 cents a pack, selling them for like 250 a pack and I was making like 300 bucks a day. Probably the best margins you've ever seen. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's talk because, I mean, that, that's amazing. And I want to talk just to get, let's give some background on where you are now. Sure. How kind of not caring what other people think has bled into your career and what you're doing. Uh, just, just give everyone a little bit of background of, you know. Yeah college where you went to college and then kind of what you're doing today yeah so I went I went from that gum business the the, the administration didn't like it shut me down immediately um, but I got a taste of that right I got a taste of that freedom a little bit of you know hey I can go do this on my own um, the next step was I got some help from my dad um, you know my dad did heated and air conditioning and so um, what I did was I started stripping the old units that he was bringing in and I was selling the HVAC parts right and you're going to see you're going to see a common theme as we go through this and that the theme is that there was always something that pushed me to pivot in a different direction it was never by necessarily my own doing um and so like in 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 um in that business i was able to grow it I, it got me through high school and it got me into college it was good for college money i was driving an okay car and um, driving a nice car <laughs> yeah yeah it was, it was decent um and um and so you know I get into college and, or this is a little before college, literally the day after I graduated high school, eBay shut down my account um, that I was selling all this stuff on. I was making, you know, 30, 40 grand a year, but that's a, that's a fuck ton of money for a kid my age, like, you know, just out of high school, you know. Um, and they shut my account down, killed it. They said I was getting, my percent of returns was too high and so they're like, dead account, right? And so I was out of business overnight. Um, like completely overnight. So I went, started college, um, kind of was going through the motions. I went to DePaul, uh, did uh, study finance, was roommates with Mike David for about uh, all of half a quarter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> left me uh, for Kobe, um, but uh, it's okay. Um, so we, um, it, so when, uh, so when I got into college, I was bored and I was going to estate sales, doing the same thing, just kind of flipping stuff on Craigslist and online. And as I'm going to these estate sales, I'm like catching a lot of pricing mistakes. Like they're making a lot of mistakes on buying the stuff, selling it for more, and kind of capitalizing on those mistakes. And I'm like, well, there's, there's got to be a better way to do this, you know? And so I just put up a website. I was 18, and I got my, got my first customer the next day. Like literally the next day. He called. I went out there after, after class, got a signed contract. He trusted me with his house, his belongings to sell. Which is crazy. It, I mean, giving the keys to your house and on the North Shore to an 18-year-old, I mean, 
I wouldn't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyone who wants to, you know, get a chance, um, I just, I just couldn't imagine doing it. Um, and so it took off from there. I mean, over the next, over the next couple of years, we, we did, I mean, hundreds of estate sales and some of the coolest properties. And I mean, it was, it, it grew beyond what I could have ever imagined when I made that little website, um, you know, in, in my, in my college class, not, not listening to the class, of course. <laughs> and so, um, fast forward to today, uh, or well, to COVID, um, you know, during the COVID lockdown and the state sale for you, those of you who don't know, it's like a garage sale on steroids, go in the house, you set it up like, like an estate or like a department store for the weekend, you tag everything. And then you get a couple hundred, a couple thousand people through the house over the weekend. COVID hit. All of a sudden, you couldn't do that anymore. Just overnight, I was out of business again. It's like eBay shutting down your account, right? It's like the same thing, right? And so um, it's it's kind of crazy to think about it like that, right? Um, so at that time, I was already um, consigning quite a bit of my furniture um, that I was picking up on the side. I was consigning it with a, with a shop down in the south suburbs. And so when COVID hit, I started talking to this guy more and more and more, and I'm like, he's doing something pretty cool over there. You know, I want to be a part of it. And so I ended up buying into his company and growing that over the last three years. And we went from about six employees to about 46 at our peak. What's, what's the name um, of that company? Um, Mo- Modern Hill Furniture. It's midcenturywarehouse.com um, or midcenturywarehouse on, uh, on Instagram if you want to give us a follow. Um, but we do uh, 1950s, 60s, 70s um, restored vintage furniture. Really cool stuff, the best furniture you can buy. Um, but uh, I mean, just the kind of journey to get there has been, there's been something, some kind of problem that got in my way, right? And I had to figure out how to solve that and move on to the next thing, right? And that's that's a lot of what business is. It's a lot of problem solving, and you're really only as good as the last problem you solve, you know? Um, but in terms of, you know, not caring what other people think, right? I think that's where some of the problem solving comes comes in. Because you're able, when you don't care what the what the people think, you're able to try to find the best outcome regardless of perception, right? So, you, uh, so I read a quote the other day, and I don't want to take credit for the quote, but I forgot where I read it. And it said, you know, the weirder you are, the more you are dedicated to yourself, right? And I think you were at a very young age, like we said, dedicated to yourself, but in, in terms of like what you cared about, so you didn't care about what other people thought, but what did you care about? Well, back then, it, it's different than what I care about today. I want to start with that. Um, back then, it was money. It was money motivated, right? Uh, I'm like, I see this as the path to, you know, boats, cars, houses, you know. What what That's, what drove you to, like, want all that stuff? Did you come up for money? Did you come up without money? Like, I mean, where'd that drive come from? I wouldn't say we came up with money, right? But my dad ran a business. My mom ran the business, too. And um, the, the business kind of gave me that outlook on life of, like, there's more to life, right, than just working. And... So when, when, when it came to, like, the money, right, it, it just kind of seemed like that was the means to an end, right? But as I, as I get older, you know, what really is important is not the excess. It's not that anymore. It's the security that comes with it. You know, it's the, it's the less worries. It's the less things to think about. Um, that's what I see it as now. I don't see it as, you know, cars, boats, houses. You know, so, I see it as 
as a way to get more security for myself, right? And going back to your, your comment on weirdness, right? I agree with that 100%. And like I see, um, I see myself a little bit like when I was running the estate sale business, I felt like I was less weird than I am now, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, because over the last three years, as I try to grow this company, I've really folded myself into it. And I've tried to, you know, put 110% into what I'm doing, into my craft, into my art. You know, I treat it as an art as it's, I want this company to be its own living, breathing thing. If I get hit by a bus tomorrow, I want that company to survive, you know, treat like a kid. Mm. And that's how I look at it. And so as I, as I grew this over the last three years, I found myself pulling back quite a bit from, you know, social, um, just my friends even, you know. I mean, really, my, my circle's gotten a lot smaller going into it. Um, but I think my experiences growing up have made that easier to fold back into that a little bit. And to really make a run at something that I believe in, that I have a dream of fulfilling and accomplishing, you know, what I want to accomplish in life. And to try to do it, you know, while I'm young and, and then have a future ahead of me after that. Yeah, I, I was going to ask, kind of on that topic, it sounds like, I mean, your business has always been, from what it sounds like, the number one priority or up there. Absolutely, yeah. Have you had to make any... Have you kind of looked back, right, as you look, as you self-reflect, have you made any sacrifices when it comes to relationships, whether it be with family members or friends, that you, I don't want to say regret, but you maybe thought like, oh, I should have spent more time here, or this is actually after growing up, realizing that, oh, this is actually really important to me, and I maybe neglected this part of me to get to where I am now? It's hard to answer that question right now. Um, it is. Um, because I think the regret, for me, comes with success or failure in this in this path I've taken, right? Um, if I get to where I want to be, right, and I look back, I'll say I have no regrets, right? If I fail on my journey to get there, I'll have a lot of regrets of what I did, right? Um, a lot of regret of, you know, a lot of regret of what I sacrificed, what I gave up to try to go for it. But that being said, the regret of if I didn't try it, if I didn't do it, would have eaten me alive way more than anything else that I look back and regret. And so when I look at the journey, I go, I'm on the right course, right? I'm where I want to be. Is it, is there regret involved? Every day, you know, there's some things I regret giving up. There's some things I didn't want to give up to get there. Articulating on exactly what those are is a little difficult, but to say that there wasn't sacrifice to get there, there was tons of sacrifice, you know? And, um, and whether or not you get to the goal line can tell you if it's worth it or not. But regardless, through this experience, the growth I've had, what I've learned, um, has been better than anything. You know, I will carry the skills that I've learned from developing these things through the rest of my life, for better or for worse, and that I would not give up. So, um, so 15, 16, year old, 16 years old, right? We both had to get out of the house one day, and I remember going on your front stoop, and you told me your goal was to be the richest man in the world. Yeah. Right? Um, I'll be honest, at that age, I rolled my eyes. Um, your drive would, would have made that more believable once people got to see that and know that, but it sounds like your goals have maybe shifted. How have your goals evolved, and what is right now your goal in mind? Um, yeah, big picture. I mean, big time, right? My goals have shifted big time. Um, and I look at it um, based on how I ran my last business versus what I'm doing with this one. 
So my last business, I had a lot more of a, of a lifestyle. I had more free time. I had more agency over my time, right? And at this business, it's been a lot more rigid, right? It's a lot bigger of a company. It's a lot harder to, to execute. I mean, we're nationwide. We're, we're, we're everywhere trying to be everything, right? And I desired that for a long time. And I still desire it to a certain degree. But what I realized is when I gave up um, from my last business was my time and my agency, right? My kind of autonomy of myself, right? Um, I'm the boss, right? But the business really runs me right now to a certain degree. I'm working on fixing that, and it can be fixed, and it will. But, you know, what I've done over the last three years, it's been, you know, six or seven days a week, you know, maybe four or five days off a month, maybe, um, for the last three and a half years. And, you know, those are, those are 12 hour days, those are 14 hour days, and it's a lot of lost nights of sleep when things don't go right or when, when they do, right? And so when you dive into that stress, that pressure, that kind of stuff that you put on yourself, right? You go, what am I doing this for, right? What, am I, what, am I, what do I want to get out of it? You start folding in a little bit more and you start thinking about it. You start thinking about, you know, why am I doing this, Yeah, like right? good purpose, right? And I'm like, like, I'm like this, this stress, what I'm doing, this isn't worth a garage full of Ferraris, right? That's not. But what it is worth is it's worth getting my time, right? So what this has become is this has become a a race for my time. Like, I, I think that if I can get to a certain point now, I will save myself a lot of time working later, you know? I don't want to work till I'm 65. I just, I just don't. You know, I don't feel like it's a way to live. I feel like, you know, we are very fortunate in the statistical odds of us being here, being on this earth, I mean, are nuts if you want to get into that kind of conversation, right? And so I look at it and I go, I want all my time. I want my time. That's what has really become important to me more than the money is, you know, being comfortable, being secure and getting my time back, you know, and being able to do what I want to do. And, you know, money aside, you know, well, it also seems like you're doing it from a long. You're thinking about it from a longer term perspective, right? You just basically said, I don't have what I want right now, but I know I'm going to get what I ultimately want later. Like I'm trying to set myself up for success or what I feel is important to me later in life, which I think a lot of people including myself, struggle to do sometimes. It's very easy to get short-sighted, right. right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a discipline, right? And the guy that I will never bet against is the guy who shows up and does it every single day, right? Whether they're good at it, whether they're bad at it, whether, you know, whatever, I will never bet against anyone with consistency, ever. I just, I just won't do it. Um, you know, you, if you improve, you know, it sounds stupid. There's, there's an old, you know, if you improve yourself by 1% a day, that's 365% a year. It's kind of, yeah, it's, it's an okay saying, right? But it's true. It's really true. Yeah. If you come in and you try to improve every single day something that you do, you will be successful. You will. Yeah. It, it, you know, and, and I, I think that if people can, you know, set themselves up with that kind of drive to go do it every day and to, and to really embrace it, embrace it and, and really take all of your energy and focus on one thing, you, you can do whatever you, you really want to put your mind to. But there's a lot of people that hold themselves back. They're scared to do it. And, sometimes, I don't and sometimes you don't even know what you want to do. I think that's sure. the other problem. Sure, yeah, big problem. You, you, you have that quote-unquote driver. You want to have it, but you don't know what you're driving towards. Right. It, you always got to have a goalpost, right? So, but, like, we're, we're seeing a trend here. You don't care what other people think. You're the happiest dude I know. Uh, you're going out. We'll get into that later. Building on. businesses, right? Um, 
as far as I know you outside looking in, right, you're as confident as can be. Yeah. Where does where does doubt play a role in your life? Do you have space for doubt? Do you feel doubt? What's your experience with doubt? Oh yeah, um, doubt's what kept me alive all these years, right? Not like alive, like health-wise, right? But in business, doubt's what kept me sharp, you know? You can't be arrogant about it. You know, you gotta have a little bit of doubt. But that's what drives me, is the doubt, right? Mm. The doubt is what kind of, it's it's like playing scared 24-7. Um, but that's what drove me to try to be better, right? To leave no doubts and to, you know, kind of whatever I was doubting, go straight towards it and run at it. And it, because if, if you just, if you just turn away from what you're doubting yourself on and you, it, it'll be there. It's not going Yeah, away. it's not going to go away. No, it's not going away. No, Actually, it'll it, probably exacerbate. It, it will it, with time, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I have doubts all the time. I, 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 I mean, if if you if we had the same conversation a couple months ago, I have a ton of doubts about my business, about my comfort, about you know where we're going, right? And um, there's a lot of real high highs. There's a lot of real low lows. You know, there's days where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Straight up, you know, not even a little bit. Um, there's weeks, there's months like that. Um, but you keep going because you know. What you, where you want to go, and if you're really truly committed to that, it doesn't yeah. it, it doesn't matter. You kind of go through all the waves, but if the path overall is trending upward, and I think you're, you're also something and right. I think you're also driven by that regret feeling a little bit. Like if I stop now, I built this whole business, or I did this all this with my life, and then I just kind of quit. Right, right when things got tough. Um, and I, and I want to kind of transition this a little bit into just because we promote mental health on this podcast. It's kind of why we started it. Sure. Um, and I think it's probably applicable for you just because it sounds like you've got a very, very busy life. And so I'm just curious, like maybe you're just your outlook on mental health, your mental health more generally, you know, whether you've gotten therapy, if so, how's your experience been? Just kind of that whole dynamic. I'm just curious. Sure. Like going into mental health and happiness, you know, and what I'm after, right? Time and happiness to me kind of correlate. And so am I the happiest I've ever been right now? Absolutely not. No. I mean, it's an easy question for me to answer. Because you have the least amount of time in right. this moment. The least amount of agency. I'm, I'm, I, I, some days I go in, I'm not even in control of my work day. Like I'm just kind of shuffled from thing to thing to thing. And I, it's like a blur, you know what I mean? It's weird some days. Um, when I got to a point where I felt like the business was growing faster than I was because I didn't have that time, like I felt like it was getting bigger than me, right? And that's a hard thing to kind of come to grips with because I'm like, I gotta, I gotta catch up. I gotta mentally get better, right? And so you start to have a little bit of this like imposter syndrome, right? And even, even for me, who I've, I've almost only worked for myself, right? Some days it doesn't feel like I should be there in that position, right? I'm like, like why? Why? Yeah, like I'm, 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 looking, I'm looking at it going, this is over my head. I have no idea what the fuck I'm looking at, right? But I'm the guy who has to answer that. I'm the guy who has to have the answer, right? And so as... as it, going back to the, the happiness and the mental health, it's taken its toll, you know, years of that. Um, and so 
oddly enough, when you, you guys did the, the first episode and you guys started talking about therapy, you know, I reached out and, and uh, started looking for someone to go talk to. Um, you know, do I, do I feel like I have really big problems? No, there's people with way bigger problems than me. Way bigger, right? But, like, I feel like I lost my edge a little bit, you know? I feel like I lost what, um, what was driving me when I, start, I really started losing my agency, right? When I started losing my time, when I folded in deeper. I started to have this internal conflict of, of happiness, really, you know? I'm like, I am unhappy right now. You know, I'm not loving where this is going. I know I'm on the right path, but I'm, I'm, I'm in a dark spot, you know? And so to try to get through that, it's okay to ask for help. I couldn't agree more, and I'm, I'm so ever, happy. They, go ahead. I'm just, I'm just curious. Had you ever considered therapy, or had you ever taken that critical of an eye to your mental health before the episode? Or? Um, um, coming up to it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I was feeling that pressure, right? And when it, it, when you get to that point, you know, it's it's a lonely place. There's only so many people you can talk to about it, and um, you know, and so many people who care, and so many people who understand. You know, it gets smaller and smaller. It does. The funnel gets smaller it, it and smaller. It does. And and I love to talk to people about it. I'm, I'm a very open person, right? And but people don't always care. People don't always understand. You know where you're going, and and that makes the place a little bit lonelier, right? And I think what's important is, is, is talking about it, you know, finding someone who will listen, who they don't necessarily have to understand. But, you know, you guys talk about these tools, right? The apple and the cookie being the most pronounced one, um, just because it's so funny. Um, and, you know, I, I look at those and I go, those are tools, right? And, and, you know, what you've been saying is that that's what therapy has helped you learn is those tools, right? Right. And... When I build my business, I'm a student of that business, right? I like to learn the inside out, left, right, you know, know everything. I can do any job at my company, right? I even learned how to do some of the restoration. I got the sander. I figured, you know, I had my brother teach me how to, how to do it because he's in the hardwood shop. And I, I learned how to, you know, sand some of our pieces and get them prepped, you know, because I want to walk in and I want to know when something looks right and when it doesn't, right? But going back to therapy and the tools, right? I want to have more tools. I want to be a student of myself. Yeah. And I want to know, you know, how to take care of myself, right? And take care of myself right. Mentally, right? Mentally, yeah. Because what's what's more important than that, you know? I've gotten into my the health of my body over the last couple of years. I mean, big time. Way more than I ever have been. I mean, I, I, I used to weigh like 245 pounds, man. <laughs> I mean, like, it was it was really something. Um, and as, as I started, like, you know, as I started having these feelings I started to focus more on how I feel and myself and my health and you know physical health was the obvious first one right but I think it's the easiest one it's the easiest one right it's visual you know mental health isn't talked about because it's not visual right it's that guy has an attitude that guy has a problem you know there's more to it most of the time and if people aren't talking about it then it goes by the wayside, right? It gets ignored. And I think that's I think that's so great what you said there is it's so like it's so simple to to build awareness and to get people it, all you have to do is talk about it, right? You just said hearing you guys just talk about therapy, talk about what you were maybe struggling with, 
it makes you feel in a safer spot because there's other people doing it out there. And I'm sure people listening to you now talk about it a little bit. It'll inspire someone else. Like it's inspired our friends, it's inspired some other people in my life. And all I'm doing is sharing my story. Like I'm, I'm not, there's no right. rocket science here. Right. It's no. literally just there, speaking about. There's no magic. There's no nothing. You guys aren't selling snake oil. I mean, we're just talking. And like, so, that's, that's kind of what's cool about it. So as you started to consider therapy, I, I like to dig into the stigma around it. You know, were there any, again, going back to your confidence piece, right? You're, sure. you're Mr. Figure it out. I'll do it on my own. Yeah. Right. As, as many of us are. Um, talk us through maybe some of those variables that were pulling you away from the idea of it, if, if there were any at all. Go right to the confidence, man. You know? Go too right confident? To, yeah. yeah. Is it too good for it? Too confident? I, I, for a long time, lived with a feeling of invincibility. Um, you probably saw that in my driving. <laughs> but, yeah. like, uh, I, I, I felt like I was unbeatable, you know? Um, and I think that unbeatable feeling, that invincibility, right, that a lot of us have. I, I, I know for a fact you've had it at one point or another, right? Still not yeah, right. Yeah. But like, like you, feel, you, you feel like you got it, you know? Especially when, when you feel like you're doing good in life and like when you feel like you're on the right path, right? You tend to ignore those variables. You tend to think that nothing can stop you. But listening to yourself and how you really feel internally is so important. Because if you can't get right with yourself, you can't go out and, and really build something and really, you know, grow beyond your internal self. Absolutely. And, and that, that's, what, that's what I see. I see it as, you know, just learning more about yourself, learning how to help yourself. You don't have to have a problem to go get therapy, right? You don't have to. You guys hear that? You don't. Facts um, right there. You, you, you just want to have to want to grow. You know, yeah. you want to have to help yourself. And I, just like I'll never bet against the guy who shows up every day, I'll never bet against the guy who wants to help themselves, who wants to, you know, grow. I'll never bet against them. I think my goal at some point for this podcast is MD is going to, MD is going to go to it there. MD is going to get a therapy session at some point here. That's as, long as, as long as the next conversation is a record-breaking episode. <laughs> um, I would say, so, um, you know, with the, the therapy piece, we talk about do you need it or do you want to go and improve yourself and, and be resourceful? I think some of the best advice I've been given in life is just be resourceful. If the resource is there, use your resources. Kobe talked about I needed it for one specific reason. You know, the last conversation we had, Elena uh, needed it for one specific thing. But sure. then we talk about, well, there's, there's multiple benefits that you can get that compound beyond just that one specific need. Did you, do you feel like you need it? Or are you purely, I'm going to go and do this because it's better than not doing it? It's, it's a little bit of both, right? I just like, in my working life, I like to get ahead of things. I look at myself and I say, if I continue down this stressful path and not managing it well, I will need it, right? It will become a need, right? But I look mm -hmm. at it right now and I say, I don't need it, but damn, would it help me a lot, you know? If it provides the same benefits that 
you say it then. You know what I mean? And it, it, and it will. It, it, you it know, might it, take time. It, it, it might take longer than it, you think. It might but, take shorter. But but it's a common it's a common theme, right? I very rarely have heard anyone say I went to therapy and it did fuck a bunch of bullshit. I I haven't heard that from anybody really. Everyone goes it's it's like magic, <laughs> you know. And um, and so who am I to look at it and go? Well, I'm not going to try that. <laughs> like you know, um, I mean. That's ignorant. I, I, I think I think that's a really good point that a lot of people should take very seriously. Is is you don't necessarily need it, right? And a lot of times, I think people wait until they need it. Like I did, right? It's like I'm trying to figure this out on my own, going playing through the same thing in my head. You know, oh, you're strong enough. Be grateful for this, that, that. Uh, and I didn't take it upon me to get it until I was kind of at like rock bottom. Sure. And then the climb is much, much tougher and you get through it, but it's a much tougher climb, right? Up that mountain. Um, and so I think being proactive, like you just said, you're going to be, I think is going to serve you very well. And I also think you're going to learn about parts of yourself and maybe your relationships with friends or family, just other parts of your life that you didn't even think were there. Right. Yeah. And like, do you want to be the best version of yourself every day? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's an easy question for me. And I think it should be an easy question for everybody. It's not. It, it's not an easy question for everybody. There's struggles. There's, because it's hard. It is. It it's is hard. hard. It's hard it, to look it, within and say, it, this is on me. Yeah, like, no, and I, and I read this thing once. It said, choose your heart. You know? It's hard to be physically fit. It's also hard to be really unfit. You know? It's hard to be wealthy. It's hard to be poor. Choose your heart. You know, and I'm not saying you can choose some of those things. There's medical conditions and other factors, right, um, monetarily. But, like, if you have that choice and you can choose two different hearts, please choose the one that benefits you. Just think about it for a little bit and choose the heart that's going to benefit you. Because if you choose the heart that doesn't benefit you, you're going deeper in the hole. And it's going to suck just as much. Embrace the suck. Choose your heart and do what's best for yourself, even if it sucks in the beginning. I think that, I mean, not necessarily a response to that, but going back to just, I think, how we destigmatize um, therapy, whether it's for men, for women, whatever, um, you know, I think it's about, instead of framing it or perceiving it as, like, I need help with something, it's more personal development. I'm doing this to be a better or the best or in pursuit of the best version of myself. And if that's the frame of mind, if that becomes the perception of therapy, then there really is no reason for somebody to choose not to do it, right? If, if, it's, if it's accessible, they have the resource and the means of doing it. Uh, yes, 100%. And I also would say, with that being said, I think people should be, we need to get over this mindset of like saying you need help is weak or saying admitting you need help is a sign of weakness, right? Or, or you know, it's it's perceived negatively. Like, I really think we need to get over that. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think that's, that's part of it. But also yeah. when you frame it, right, also as it is personal development, like there's, there's there should certainly be no negative stigma on that. Now, is it is it difficult to to look within and, and work on yourself, of course, but that's, but that's going to benefit you and that's going to benefit the others in your life as well. Right, and you know, I, I, I just look at it and I go, the, um, it should be looked at the same way as going to get a personal trainer in the gym. It should be that simple. And, and the difference, and the only difference is you can see it. 
right? You can see when someone is going for physical health, right? You can see it in their physique, in their effort, and what they work on, right? Um, but mental health is a lot more private, um, and it's not you don't you don't visually see the gains like you do in physical health, right? And I think visualizing things for everybody has always been a great learning tool, but this is one of the hardest things to visualize, right? In 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 insight, and so that's why it's so stigmatized to a certain degree, right? Well, it's because just to, I mean, just to clarify my point, yeah, because I agree, I, seeking help is a sign of strength. I guess you don't have to go to heal something; you can oh, go right. simply right. just to improve. Right? Yeah. No. And that's what I meant by the personal trainer. You see yeah. fit people with a personal trainer. You see unfit people with a personal trainer, but you don't stigmatize them and go. You know what's what's wrong with them? You know what I mean? You Man, go, if, you, I, if uh, anything, I'm like, I, if I, I see I someone like that's that. quote yeah. unquote overweight right. in the gym, I'm like, I'm, I'm happy. like, I'm like, let's like go. they're working on themselves. Yeah. Absolutely. It, 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 there's nothing harder than being the fat guy in the gym. I would know, uh, <laughs> but like, uh, it, 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 there, there, there needs to be, you know, the visualizing there. thing is tough too because I think it is harder to see when someone's doing mentally well, but I do think it shows in terms of just like their demeanor, sure. right? Their, their outlook on life, right? Like I feel different, right? Maybe it doesn't come off like externally, but I certainly feel different internally. Like I can see much clearer, right? Where I want to go in life, my purpose, all that stuff. And I think it does kind of bleed into uh, like your, your external kind of relationships of like, oh wow, this person seems to be doing very well. Like this is a really kind person. This is a really genuine person. Right. This is a person that's very comfortable with themselves. So it's definitely much harder to see, right, than when someone's, you know, working on themselves and they went for and they lost 40 pounds. Like these are all tangible things that you can measure. It's much harder to measure your mental state. Absolutely. Uh, but I think you can't see it. It's just, it's more difficult. Um, and I want to ask, because we're kind of up, getting up on time here. Um, and you kind of already answered this, but I, I think I, I want to start asking all our guests this question is, and answer it honestly if you're comfortable, but just like, are you happy right now? Um, because I think a lot of people, when they get that question, is like, yeah, of course, you know, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. No, but there's a lot more to unpack there. I, I mean, who wants to say they're unhappy? Right. No one wants to say that, right? It's stigmatized too. <laughs> but um, I've been happier, you know? I'm not the happiest I've ever been in my current position. But I know I'm on the right path. And so I have confidence in that, right? I know there's brighter days ahead. I know where I want to go. And I think I'll be happy when I get there. Truly happy, right? Um, but I look at the sacrifice and what I'm giving up right now, and I go, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not as happy as I can be. Um, but I'm on my way. Yeah. You know? And I think and, as long as you have a path forward of where you want to go, I think that's the most important. I think Elena answered it very nice of like, no but I'm extremely grateful for yeah. where I'm at. Like, yeah. that's important. I, 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 I hate the phrase, stressed but blessed. Like, you know, just like, it's it's how I feel. Like, stressed but blessed. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rather be, like, I, I think, I think a, a better question for me, and no, don't take this the wrong way, is, you know, um, are you happy with where you're at right now? You know, perfectly content with where I'm at right this second, right? Happiness goes in ebbs and flows. Yep. And I look at it and I say, you know, if I'm content, if I'm satisfied right now, I am, you know. Um, but I think there's still more work to do. 
Got a rapid fire? Uh, yeah, but I want to ask you, MD. Are you happy right now? I, I know you weren't expecting to get that question. <laughs> In this moment? No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, I actually did like that comment. <laughs> and then we'll do the rapid fire uh, just to end, end, end things know, here. Yeah, my thoughts on happiness is that it's, it's fleeting. It's a feeling that's fleeting. Um, you have to, like you said, there's more work With happiness do. where you're at. I think that's a great way to phrase Happiness it. with where I'm at. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've minimized regret, which I think is the counter to happiness, you know, in a very broad statement. I don't think I have many regrets in this moment. Um, and I think for the things that I have regretted, I've deliberately gone back and, of course, corrected to the best that I can. Some things, you know, damage can't be undone, but... Um, yeah, you know, I would say I'm, I'm in a good place right now. Good. Glad to hear it. Thanks for checking up on me. <laughs> always, always checking up on you, man. Uh, but no, th- Solon, Mike Solon, I call him Solon. That's okay. Uh, thank, thanks so much. <clears throat> thanks so much for having the conversation, man, and sitting down with us and being very open, you know, authentic. I think that's the, that's what we're trying to preach here. Thanks, and so absolutely. I really appreciate the yeah. openness. And, and, you know, if anyone ever, you know, I'll just take a second. If anyone ever wants to go from their nine to five and try to jump into a business or try to start to get that agency over their time and they have questions or they want help, I'm an open book. I love this shit. <laughs> I, would say, so, I, mean, I, would, I would endorse your generosity as a strength of yours, as uh, like a very consistent trait of yours. I just I, I just want to see other people do it too. Like it's, it's no fun to do it yourself. It's fun to watch other people grow with you. And I think you guys are kind of doing it in your own way in this podcast, right? Um, you guys are helping other people grow with you. You're not just doing it yourselves, right? You're spreading that. That's what I want to do too. Yeah, I might take you, know. you, I might take you up on that after the show. Here. <laughs> uh, all right, rapid fire questions. You got caffeine in there? Oh, I sure do. <laughs> so the only rule here is just kind of answer off the top of the head. I feel like I'm on family. And feud. don't. And, and these are more <laughs> meant to like one, not one sentence, two sentence responses. Right? Sure. Okay. The best piece of advice that you've ever received. Just go and start doing it. That you know what? Just. Just start doing it. That's exactly what Elena said. <laughs> he cheated on the exam. I was said, you know what? I don't remember what her answers were. I watched it last night, um, and you know, I well, I, thank. I, that's okay. If you're watching the show, you can cheat. I, I was prepared for that question, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but that's what she said. And, but no, that's that. And that's it. It's just go do it. Because like you hear that from two it, like, entrepreneurs, you're, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't do it. No one's going to like it. it, it and and I, Elena, I thought her interview was amazing. Right? I mean, she's inspiring. She seems like an awesome person and you know she got out there because she was doing it right she was doing it that's what it takes go out and do it get in the arena get yeah get started get started today what are you waiting for yeah like do it that's it i couldn't agree more that's awesome and that's that's so cool that that's the first two pieces we've got they're the same all right number two is my favorite question if you could have dinner with anyone in the world who would it be Oh man, that's a tough. Dead or alive? Oh, give me Jesus. I just got. I just. I got a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I. I. honestly don't know who I would get dinner with, dead or alive. That is a. That. That's a tough question because like, there are, like, it used to be like I would get dinner with some like business titan or yeah. something like that. I. I don't have that interest anymore. So like to say who I would get dinner with right now, that's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is uh. Like, mine's like Mark Cuban, maybe Kevin Hart. I don't know. Anyway, not not about me. All right, number three. 
And the last one, this is easy, but what do you like to do with your free time, which I know is probably pretty limited right now, but any free time you have, what do you like to do? Um, <laughs> it's going to sound dumb, um, but uh, it's just more of folding into that weirdness. Um, I, I'm, I'm big into the markets, stocks, finances, um, that kind of stuff. I love to study it, research it, and I kind of just look back into like the history of it, right? And I look at it to apply to my business, and everyone's like, oh, that's not fun, that's not free time. And it is to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, that's awesome. Uh, that's what I like to do. That's a productive use of your free time. Yeah. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. As always, we really appreciate it. Um, we're going to sign off here, but again, appreciate the support. It means the world to us. Thanks again to Mike Solon. Uh, what the business name again? Uh, Modern Hill Furniture. And that's midcenturywarehouse.com. All right, midcenturywarehouse.com, Modern Hero Furniture. You've been in a couple articles, right? Uh, yeah, maybe we'll share them. Maybe we'll share them in HGTV in a couple months. There you so go. Can't there say you go. Show, but I'll be there. <laughs> From selling gum to air conditioning and heating parts to estate sales to now a full blown furniture business, like an amazing business person and like an even better person. Love you guys. Awesome friend. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Absolutely. man. I really appreciate it. Thanks All right, guys. Me.